Hey bestie, it's Chad the Diamond, and you're listening to Beauty and the Guest, my very own podcast where I probe my guests from all spheres of life to talk about, well, anything and everything. From life advice, careers, mental health, relationships, pop culture, politics, the list goes on. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it means to be a modern-day human trying to survive, and how one can find the beauty in all of it. In this episode, I had the great pleasure of talking to someone who's just such a delightful person. I'm talking to singer-songwriter and content creator Jackie Butler, y'all. With an audience of 4.1 million followers on TikTok and over 750,000 subscribers across her YouTube channels, Jackie talks to me all about her interesting career. From being in a nationwide touring band starting at 12 years old, her time as a contestant on the 15th season of American Idol, the story behind why her band broke up, which ultimately led to her becoming a solo artist, to how she has amassed her large TikTok following. And later on in the episode, Jackie opens up to me about what it's like living with OCD. She explains to me the challenges that that has brought to her from a young age to now into her adulthood, but also how she uses her story of pursuing mental health as a way to inspire others. Honestly, y'all, I didn't even get to half of what I wanted to ask Jackie for this episode. But on the bright side, that means I'm just going to have to have her back. I am so thankful to have had her on the podcast, and I'm so excited for y'all to hear this episode. All right, everybody, here is my episode with Jackie Butler. Oh my God, everybody. Podcast listeners, stop everything you're doing. I don't care what it is. (laughs) Even if you're at a funeral, step outside, (laughs) pop in your headphones, listen to this episode. (laughs) Even if you're giving birth, pause. I am with singer-songwriter, YouTuber, TikToker, entertainer, green hair aficionado. I'm talking to Jackie Butler, everybody. Miss Jackie (laughs) motherfucking Butler. Hey! Hey, hey, hey. Well, first of all, um, drink too much, then text my ex. (laughs) (laughs) Is that inappropriate? I think that might be too inappropriate. Is that a little inappropriate? (laughs) Thank you so much for being on my podcast i can't believe it thank you for having me (laughs) you're welcome i'm so happy i asked you how are you girl i'm doing good i'm doing good i love how okay you have green hair i have pink hair right now we're like cosmo and wanda oh my god i was just about to say that (laughs) (laughs) i love it so green's not your favorite color actually it's not it is yellow it is you are correct yes but why why green okay so uh, yellow is just i want to say recently but like in the past like couple years it's become my favorite color my Mm. whole apartment is yellow and red basically yellow red and gray Uh, mcdonald's i yeah i know and i'm i'm vegan so i don't even eat mcdonald's um People but, come to your house and they're like, what are you about? Okay, but it, okay, it's like, it's like classy yellow and red. Like I have like, okay, above <laughs> my TV is like, is like this yellow and red piece of artwork. I'm staring at it right now. And it's like Harry Styles, not, not with clothes on. <laughs> so like, you're like, you're like, like, you're like, it's, like, it's, it's like, a classic artwork. It's Harry Styles naked. It's, yeah, uh, obviously that's a classic piece. <laughs> 
Um, I'm thinking you were talking about like an Andy Warhol, a Rembrandt. It's so funny that you say Andy War. Andy Warhol's my favorite artist. The stop, stop, <laughs> yes, stop, stop. 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 <laughs> Please, yes, 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 yes. And me so, too. Okay, here's the thing. So my like my vision when yeah. I when I moved into this apartment is I had. I wanted the the blondie piece above mm-hmm. my above my TV because you know it's yellow, it's bright yellow, right. Right. and 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 I was gonna get that and all, and I I didn't have the money at the time to spend on that, and my friend had just given me the Harry Styles album and at, like on vinyl, and yeah. it came with this big poster, so I like cut it into like pieces and made it artwork that was like free artwork because I couldn't afford the Andy Warhol <laughs> print that I wanted. Okay. So, but yeah, Andy Warhol's my favorite. I, I have several pieces that I eventually want like huge prints of in my oh. house or something one day. Yes. Oh, me too, favorite. girl. Favorite, me 100%. Too. You know, uh, there was, in, back in 2013, 14, yeah, that whole year, I would, I remember, no, in high school, in high school, my last year of high school, I would come home every day and watch this two-hour documentary about Andy Warhol every day after school. Oh, my God. Just uh, like an insane person. Like, I would crawl <laughs> up in bed and just watch the two hours. I like, love it. I was obsessed because I just I wanted to be Andy Warhol. I wanted to yeah. be, um, like, I just wanted to be an artist. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to move to New York. And I want to be, yes. you know, around my tribe. And I want... Uh, drag queens around me and yes <laughs> and Edie, Edie Sedgwick around me <laughs> oh bye yes what's I, your yeah what were you gonna say about oh I was just saying because I went off on a tangent there but yeah mm-hmm. yellow is my favorite color the mm-hmm. reason I went with green was yes. actually when I was when I was in my band um I jagged row. I got a cuss yes jagged yes. row I got a custom mic stand made and it was neon green. And so I started kind of doing my wardrobe around the mic stand and I would paint my nails green and I would do my makeup all green. And then we started coordinating the whole band. We would wear like black and green. And uh, because it was so different too, because so many bands like did like red and black, you know, like you didn't see like neon green with like a rock band. So eventually we were we were on tour in New York and this girl at the mat counter at the Macy's in New York had this like bright green hair and it was so beautiful and we had a day off in New York and I went up to her and I was like where did you get your hair done and she's like oh my best friend's a hairstylist in Brooklyn she did it she gave me her number she had an opening and I went and I was like screw it I'm gonna I'm gonna dye my hair green so at that point, it looked really, it didn't look bad on her part. It looked bad because we didn't, I didn't have her bleach it and my yeah. hair's pretty dark. And so it was like this like weird yellow or whatever, but it looked so cool, I thought. And um, so eventually when I got home, I just bleached my whole head and On top of I the hair dye green. that Shorty gave you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I went green and I have now had green hair since 2015, 2014. Yes. Yeah, one of one of those. Yes, you had it. Yeah, that long because you had it on American Idol. People, she was on American Idol. <laughs> Can you believe <gasps> I have an American Idol alumni on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I was. I was on the last season of like the, was it the last original. Season? It was it was the last season of the original series on like oh, on yeah, yeah, Fox. Yeah. Cause it's like now on ABC and I think it, like a different production company took over or something. But I was mm. on the last season of like the original or you know. Right. Before like the reboot again, I, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was J Lo. Was Randy the judge still? No, it was oh. J Lo, Harry Connick Jr. and yeah. Keith Urban. Mm, love Keith Urban, love J-Lo. I don't know who the other yeah. one is. Loved, loved, <laughs> yeah, loved Keith Urban. Um, uh, J-Lo was, yeah, I did actually. J-Lo oh, was wow. just the sweetest person. Like <gasps> in between filming, she yeah. would like turn around out of her judges table, like during Hollywood. Her week, throne. And yeah, her throne. <laughs> and just like, and by the way, like she's a goddess, like a standing, Absolutely. A standing, you know, you see like movie stars and all, and you yeah. think they can't look this perfect in real life. Right. JLo 100% does. Um, uh, like she's just, she's flawless. And right. like the JLo booty is like 100% right. like amazing. Like being in, being in the same room, you know, it was just, it, like the booty had its own dressing exactly. room. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And trailers. Yeah. <laughs> but she was so nice. Like she would turn around and she would just talk to us in between filming and like she would like take out her phone and be like, This is the dress I'm thinking of wearing to the AMAs next week. What do you guys think? Like she was the sweetest I person. Love. And uh, you know, she could have been like totally because she's J Lo. Right. So, you know, she could have been, you know, however she wanted to be, but she's so yeah. down to earth and so nice and and it was it was a really cool experience. Oh, now I love JLo even more. I know, right? Yeah. Because I was like know. worried. I was like, what if I what if I don't like her afterward? But no, like it made me love her even more. Right. <laughs> I imagine myself being on there and I'm like, oh my God, like don't make me hate Selena now. Yeah, like, right. One of my favorite it's like, movies. don't do this to don't me. Don't do this to me, <laughs> JLo. <laughs> Can we talk about American Idol? How? Yeah. What was you tried out? I know your bandmates yeah. went with you, supported mm -hmm. you, um, doing it alone. Yeah, I actually, full stop, I did not want to audition. I didn't want to do it. You know, I grew up in the heyday of like American Idol, like Kelly Clarkson and all that, you know, and and I'd always loved right. the show, but I didn't, I didn't want to audition. My bandmates, my manager at the time and my family were like, you should do this. It's the last season why not? Mm, mm. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. I, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to leave my band. Um, Did you think you would uh, pass, get through Hollywood? I didn't honestly know, you know, like I didn't know what would happen. And I, uh, me, I like prepare for the worst. And in this case, the worst would be moving forward because I was worried like what would happen to my band if, if I, if I made it on American Idol and, you know, I didn't know what to do. At this point, was Jagged Row already, I, were you guys touring already? We were touring, yeah. Right. We started- So you had an established fan base at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were touring a lot uh, from 2012 to 2016. And um, we were even actually touring when I did the first audition that was off camera. Uh, when I auditioned for yes. some producers over like Zoom or- Skype, I guess, because it was 2016. <laughs> there wasn't Zoom, was there? Oh, I think it was Skype. Skype. Um, Wait, it wasn't in person. I the 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 initial one wasn't when I first auditioned in front of producers, and then 
Um, then I auditioned in front of the judges that you see on TV. And um, cause I actually thought, um, cause I auditioned one time for the voice and yeah. how it works was it's like, you get, it's like a sea of thousands of people and you get grouped oh, yeah. into like 10 or 20. Mm-hmm. And then you all have the same number and you go into like yeah. a room and then you all sing one by one and then they mm-hmm. pick like, okay, number three, number four, yeah. you stay. Nobody in my group got in, which was so yeah. surprising to me. So I thought that's what the process was like. Maybe it was for a time. It's, it's, it's different for different things. So like, because it was the final season and, and, um and it was also late in the audition season, my, um, my manager got me in an audition through like, cause I was, I, my first audition was like, I was on tour when I auditioned. Yeah. So I was in a hotel room and just had to like sing in front of uh, some judges, you know, that, that aren't on camera, like you said, where right. you just kind of sing. Um, and so I, I did that audition and then that was, they said, okay, come to San Francisco, which was the last, the last city they city. were doing auditions. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't want to audition, you auditioned yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you made it to Hollywood. Yeah. We're going to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I got three S's. JLo handed the- me the golden ticket. Yes. Oh my- Wait, do you um, still have the ticket? I don't. They uh, wouldn't let it. They didn't let really? us keep it. Oh. They didn't let you keep it because, because so I auditioned in November and it wouldn't air until like February. Um, and so they didn't want like uh, it right. leaking, you know, right. like who went to Hollywood and not. Um, wow. I took a picture of it though. So okay. I like, <laughs> it's like I photocopied it. I photocopied. Yeah, like it. And I, I, and I gave them the photocopy. And faxed it myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so you made it to so, Hollywood. Yeah. You made it to Hollywood, and with your friend um, Dalton Rapatoni. Dalton, yeah. So yes. Dalton and I, we've been friends since we were both like twelve. We both started bands, and we did a whole bunch of Battle of the Bands together. Right. Um, always kind of had like a little bit of a rivalry, um, yeah. but really we were like great friends and he actually got top three on the yes. final season, yes. you know, <laughs> which I was saw amazing. That, I saw a clip of you and Dalton. There was mm-hmm. only one clip where it was like um, you and Dalton singing in front of the judges during, I don't know what week this was on the, uh, Hollywood week. week. Yeah, it then, was the first round, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The back, everybody in the back row made it and like two people like didn't make it. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was the only clip, clip I could find on like American Idol. And I was like, yes, some of them, some of the clips are gone. I, I actually, my dad's been, I've been having my dad, like, uh, basically like record our, our like DVR recordings of it onto like, like discs so that I can yeah. have them because they they got taken off of YouTube a while back so I want to do I want to do something where I like repost them or something on my channel but um but yeah so I made it through for the Holly for Hollywood week I it was a whole week and I probably only slept maybe three and a half hours that whole week yeah the whole week what, what um was, what was- <laughs> why I can't even ask I'm like because the because like they there's just so much going on in Hollywood week and you know like you you might get your song that you're gonna do like you might find out that you're going to the next round um at like 8 p.m and then you get your song approved for the next round at like midnight and then your call time the next morning is like 4 a.m so in between that time, there's not really time to sleep because you're having to like learn your song that right. you're about to perform in front of millions of viewers. And like, so I made it, I made it to group round. 
-hmm. and then my whole group got cut. Um, okay. Yeah, and and to this day, they didn't show us singing this, but to this day, I cannot listen to Tainted Love because that was the song we got cut on. Oh <laughs> and, no. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great experience. I it I wasn't really upset. I was I I wouldn't have given up the experience for anything, and and I was you know thankful that I made it as far as I did. There was probably I probably made it to around like top fifty, top sixty. Um, that's impressive girl. Thank you. What and did you, um, what did, what was the best thing you learned in that experience? I don't know. I mean, like it was just so crazy. It was really cool to see because I, I've been on stage my whole life and I had never really done much TV and to see like behind the scenes of, yeah. of behind the camera and all. And it was just crazy. And I have so much respect for, for anyone that does reality TV. I don't, I don't know if I would ever do it again. Um, any kind of reality TV, but I, why can we, I loved get the experience. Oh no. Was it, uh, <laughs> okay. Let, let's break your NDEs. Oh God. My NDA. Uh, your NDAs, no, let's yeah. not do that. No. Um, Did you have to sign some? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I signed a lot yeah. of NDAs. I, Were they hard so to after, like read? A they lot weren't of hard to read. It's yeah, it's a lot of legal stuff, like you know, a like a contract, you know, like three inches thick. You uh, know, it's Jesus. It's, it's, I mean, like after I auditioned, so the day I auditioned, uh, you know, in front of the judges when I got the golden ticket, I had to be there at like 7 a.m. I didn't end up being in front of the judges until 7 p.m. And then I was there yes. till like 2 a.m. filling out paperwork and Ugh. and reading contracts and talking with different producers about you know just about my life right. so that they would know like you know they were bringing like I guess an insane person on set you know like you know it's funny because or it's interest interesting because that kind of like sleep deprivation that people go through mm -hmm. on reality shows I think producers like kind of do it on purpose so that they can yeah. bring the most kind of an eraticism out of people and I think uh, definitely instability <laughs> yeah well and I think too I think that's definitely a part of it but at the same time because I mean you know I've been in the entertainment business now since I was 12 years old and you know it's it's definitely a make or break world and I think a yes. lot of people go into auditioning for like American Idol or The Voice or whatever and and they've never saying, but like maybe, you know, once at a talent show or something. And I think, I think it's very much like with Hollywood week, it's kind of, kind of separating, separating yes. who can, who can like take it, you know, cause you know, we were talking about this before you started recording, but yeah, I do, you know, a lot of all my own stuff as far as content and everything. And I probably work, you know, like 60, 70 hours a week on my own stuff when, you know, most people's normal work week is 40 hours. So I think there's a lot of stigma that goes into it. Like, oh, you're a singer. You just play a show. And then the rest of the week, you're like sleeping on your friend's couch. Like, and I think that's kind of what, what they do with Hollywood week is kind of see who can like handle it or not. And Damn. It's crazy. I mean, there were people, one of the, one of the members of my group, like, because they, they put us up in, in a hotel and we each had like a roommate in our hotel that we had never stipend? met. No, no, no. I mean, they, I mean, they paid for our hotel and flied out there, okay. but. So they don't feed you? They feed you. Oh, they oh, feed okay. you really yeah. well. Like oh, the great. food's great. Like okay. I, like the, because we stayed like in Hollywood. <laughs> 
<laughs> here's a cheese stick and an right, apple slice. Right. No, Dig they fed in. us really well. I just didn't, I didn't eat much because when I sing, I don't eat much. Like yeah. when I was on tour, like my diet, which is not, this is not good. Like, but my diet would consist of like eating one pop tart and a Red Bull like a day because Whoa. I don't like to, I don't like to eat a lot before I perform. Does it like, so, like disrupt your voice and air? Yeah, and I just don't like it. And I'm like jumping around and moving and everything. And I don't want right. to like feel like cool or anything. So like, so I mean, like they gave us all this like really nice food and like, I'm, I'm over here like wanting to eat it, but I like don't want to uh, eat it because you know. So we're talking but, about um, a member of your group. Yeah. Oh yeah, a member of my group um, for Hollywood week, she almost didn't make it to our call time because her roommate had like sabotaged her alarm. She had turned her phone off uh, and unplugged the alarm in there. So that's the thing. There's so uh, much, there's so, so much drama, you yes. know, with this. And it's like, I am, I am not one for drama. Like I know I Me look too, like babe. I am. I have the green hair. I look like <laughs> I would be totally in a, and I was just like, you're the only competition is yourself. Like really, like as long as I'm doing a good job, you know, it's just. Did people try to like start drama with you? Oh yeah. Uh, Which I, I didn't, I didn't want to go there. You know, like they'd be right. like, they'd like try to like talk about me to the producers and like try to get me to say stuff back. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause that's oh just God. not me. Like I didn't, that's not why I was there. And I feel like some people might be there for that. And then others were there, you know, like that were there because of their raw talent. Like my friend Dalton, right. like so talented. And yeah. Yeah. And Trent, who won, like, you know, yeah. that it's it's not about, like, being like, oh, who was the most dramatic on this season? It's also not that kind of show. Yeah, I mean, like, they've always done a little bit with, like, audition, you yeah, know, like, and, and people yeah. getting upset and cussing out the camera and all. Right, but, that's where you, like, yeah. kind of do your performance. But, like, exactly. during Hollywood week, it's kind of like, you're not in a confessional and you're like, oh, my God, Jackie... You didn't hear from me. Like no one's doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's not like it's um. What's the show where everyone like stays at a house for like? Um, that's like ten shows. That's go. Yeah, like well, you know, like the reality um, shows where right, people stay in a house. Club. <laughs> yeah, like any of those. Even right. the Bachelor, you could the be bachelor, like. Bachelor. Well, Flavor of Love. Sarah was uh, kissing someone. You know, it's right. like <laughs> Judy told Sally. Yeah. That her highlights were not cute. <laughs> yeah, and that started a fight at breakfast. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, it was, wow. it was great. And it's, I'm not saying that everyone was like that. Not, you know, it was very, very few people, if you know, in the scheme of things. I just, I, right. I love being on stage. And that's, I think, where my place is more so than like on, on a television screen, you know, which again, I would never have traded the experience for anything. It was, it was great. And, right, right. You know. Were you nervous? Were, were you conscious that millions of people were, were watching you? I think so. That did it. That actually didn't make me nervous. It, it's funny. I, I perform better under pressure. Like if there's mm. like 10,000 people in the crowd, I will put on a better performance than if there's five people. I just, I feed off of it. So like, there's something more intimate with like yeah. five people and yeah. 10, and I, I don't know. I just, I love it. Like, Cause you know, you're just standing in front of the judges and a bunch of cameras. And I feel like, uh, you know, and, and so it didn't really occur to me that that many people were watching. And like, you know, I've been on stage where there's a whole bunch of people and 
you know, I, when I put on a show, I like to, you know, no matter how many people are in the crowd, but it's definitely like, you know, I'm like staring down yeah. at JLo, you know, instead of like, right. you know, it's like. That would have um, made me so like. Yeah, that made me more nervous than like the 10 million people watching. Right. This is Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, that is so crazy. That whole experience, like, just remind me, what was, you said, I asked you, like, what was the, I guess, like, the best lesson you learned? Oh, yeah. Um, it really opened my eyes to what, like, Hollywood is oh, yeah, and yeah. what, and what LA is. And, and I fell in love with it. And specifically, what's that? Is it the, how it runs? Yeah, I think so. I was just so fascinating. Like, you know, I'm still friends with some of the producers and all that I met and still friends with, with some of the contestants on there and of my season. And, um, like I'm actually funny, funnily, funny enough. Um, one of my songs on my EP was co-written, um, by someone I met on, on idol that season. And it was JLo. It was, yeah. Oh, I wish. (laughs) I wish. Um, but yeah, I think just the connections I made and, and, you know, seeing kind of behind the curtain of what LA really is. And even though I don't think reality TV is for me necessarily, the best lesson I took away is just like seeing really what this business is, that side of the business that I'd never seen before. Hmm. So after Idol, what was your mind frame? I know you continued with Jagged Row. Yeah. For, I guess, a year or so mm, after Not that? even. We, so Idol came out, me getting cut aired in like March. And then we got, um, we got booked on a tour uh, for the summer. And we broke up in like July or August right after the tour. Who like presented the idea? To, to break, break up, up. yeah <laughs> yeah so am i i i was telling you this before we were recording but oh. my yeah i i broke the golden rule of you know being in a band i i was in a relationship yeah. with the lead guitarist and this i can keep right yeah this you okay can, okay yeah, yeah yeah you're good and um Exclusive. yeah we were in a relationship <laughs> yeah well no I don't know if I've ever actually told this have you done like an interview like a podcast because I don't think you have or like any... I don't think I've ever done a podcast no yeah. I mean I've done radio interviews and stuff but not yeah. not podcast which I love podcasts so I'm so excited to be here because <laughs> um, I looked up your name on this. yes I looked up your name on Spotify because you can like, I, I type Jackie yeah. Butler, I uh, press podcasts and episodes and nothing. Yeah, and yeah I, and I've never done a podcast. I was like, wait, does this mean like, this is like the exclusive <laughs> scoop? This Every, is the everything scoop! Gonna, everything she's going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it was- The golden rule was broken. The golden rule was broken. Dated we dated for six years. Drummer. The lead drummer? The lead guitarist, lead, lead guitarist. Guitar. Oh, the lead guitarist people. Yeah. Don't, don't um, start any rumors. <laughs> yeah, not the drummer. Not the drummer. Um, <laughs> never the drummer. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, but no, but we we dated for almost six years because we broke up right before our our six year anniversary. But um, it was kind of getting to this point and it had nothing to do with Idol. Like I said, they were the mm. ones that wanted me to do Idol. But it was kind of getting to this point where we were on the brink of like success, I felt like. And 
of what I deemed success, which was, you know, finally being stable enough to tour and everything. Oh, okay. Signed? I mean, yeah, like we were, we were getting to, to have meetings with, with certain labels and stuff. And we were, you know, about to release some more music and hiring on a publicist, you know, like all those, all those little pieces were coming together after like eight or nine years. And some of the band members were just not wanting to do it anymore. I mean, we started when we were so young. I was 12. Uh, Some of the band members were like 15 and 16. And I think they just kind of, several members just kind of grew up and realized they didn't want to be on the road their whole lives. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to do this. And you know, me, I'm over here. I'm like, I want, I want to be winning Grammys one day. I want to be doing sold out shows. And, um, you know, my, my boyfriend, he, he was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And at first I was like, you don't want to do what anymore? <laughs> like, yeah. like it, be with me, be with the band. And he right. was like, I, I don't want to be with the band anymore. I don't know what that means for us. And so, you know, we talked about it. We, we did this tour and in the middle of the tour is when him and I broke up. And, you know, it was like, by this point in the middle of the tour, we, we all kind of felt like it was the end of the band. Yeah. yeah. And, um, me and my, me and one member, I thought, well, maybe we could continue on and continue on Jagged Row and, and get new members, you know? And, and I think he had just decided he didn't want to do this anymore. I know he wanted to settle down and have a family and that's not what I wanted at all. And so I kind of made the decision. I was like, well, if no one, you know, I, I don't want to be the, the only one like trying to hold all this together. Yes. So, you know, I just decided I'm going to be a solo artist and I've actually, you know, my, my band member, my friend Landon, who was in the band, um, he actually ended up that you keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. Him and I still keep in touch. He's one of my best friends. He's like a brother. Um, I love him to death. And we've even written some of my songs, like Bullet, uh, he co-wrote on. I love on. that song. Yeah. I listened to um, I listened to the song and it's funny because I, I didn't know that I actually had my YouTube um, settings to where it plays like one and a half speed. Oh, really? So it was this really fast song. It was song. like a bop. Yeah, it was a bop. I was like, I was like, Bleh. I was like, yes. And then I watched the music video and I end the behind the scenes and then I went on Spotify. Yeah. And you're like, and oh, I, this is slower. Like, oh, yeah. This is like kind of moody, but I like both versions. Yeah. Thanks. I really like yeah. the music video. Thank you. That was it my was- like that was my first time like really directing and writing yeah. my own like production. So I was really I really liked it. I like the story. Thank plot. you. I like the cast and yeah. um, how it looked. Were you excited by the thought of going solo? I was, I was nervous and excited. So I had always been one that I wanted. i had always liked being in the spotlight, you know, since I was a little kid and, but I also loved being in a band. I loved making those decisions together, even if that meant, you know, not always getting my way, things like that. I loved being on stage with four other people that I, that I got to share this with. And so it, it frightened me, but it also excited me. And, you know, I was nervous because I was like, you know, do I keep the band name and, and just kind of do like a panic at the disco thing, you know, where it's like really Brendan Urie, but it's panic at the disco, you know, like, right. I, I didn't know. And my manager at the time was like, 
you know, just, just go with your name, like make it you like have a fresh start. And I was like, you know what, let's do it. So I went to Nashville and wrote and recorded a lot. Um, I wrote a few songs with my friend Landon because he's an amazing songwriter and and he has his own project that he does as well. Um, He's so talented. And, and so I wrote and recorded. I, that was, that was the one period of time too, where I didn't have green hair within like two months period. I dyed my hair like 12 different colors because I was, I was going through it. So I was like, every week my hair is a different color. Right. Um, (laughs) You were like, you're like, I don't know who I am right now. Exactly. And I didn't know if I was going to keep the green hair. I was like, should I, should I completely change it and rebrand everything? You know, I did that. I went out to Nashville. I recorded, I wrote, and I came back and that's when I f- first got on TikTok, which was actually Musical.ly at the time, um, which yeah. no one thought was cool when it was Musical.ly. And... I, went, I went that far back to your TikToks. Yeah. Like the first few videos. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, they're not good. <laughs> I, I need to private those. Yeah. It's, it's just like, like you me... singing songs. Yeah, it's me like... like trying to lip sync to like a Rihanna song at like <laughs> yeah. three times speed or whatever. Um, oh my God. So, I mean, like I started, cause that's what, that's what I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm, I, I don't have a band to tour with right now. So let's, let's get on social media. Cause that was one of the things that yeah. uh, my band didn't ever want to do. I was social always media. trying to push, like, let's be on Instagram. Let's do this. And they were like, we're like, and not all of them. So if any of them hear this, they know who they are that I'm calling <laughs> out, but you know, a few of them would be like, I am an artist. I'm not you know, I don't want to be on social media. And in today's world, That's you have so to strange. do everything. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like you can just play a show. And I mean, it happens every now and then, but not like it used to, right. you know, it's not, not like the model anymore. Yeah. You don't play at the whiskey go go in Hollywood, and then you're discovered. And now you're playing Madison Square Garden. And it doesn't work that way anymore. You have to, you know, you have to build it up yourself. And you have to do social yeah. media, you know, that's just how it is. And yeah, and I like that. Because uh, I, I get to kind of branch out with my creativity in different areas yes you know you really you really dabble in a lot of different genres I listen to I think all your songs that you have on Spotify now um your latest one is better me yeah better me what what's funny is all of all of the songs except inappropriate inappropriate I wrote in November 2019 um but all of the rest were actually written in that time period right after my band broke up so even better oh. me better me hemlock bullet yeah. um walking on the moon those were all written in like late 2016 early 2017 um that makes sense that really yeah. does make sense because the lyrics and the the music videos what about color yeah. color me you color me you was written then too it's funny because it was my it was my first single as a solo artist and that was the one that my manager single. thank you it just that hit a million on youtube yes it hit a million yeah. it hit over a hundred thousand on spotify and what's funny about that is out of all those songs i wrote during that time period where i was trying to find myself and find my sound right. color me you was like the last one we wrote and we wrote it because it was like all my other songs were very like not downer, but like they're you know, kind of, like yeah, they're kind yeah, of like, like you know, I like Demi I write, Lovato, like um, yeah, here we go like, again, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I I I tend to be a pretty 
like positive person, but when I write, I write sad songs. So I feel it, you know, like my manager and everyone advised me, like, you should have something a little more upbeat. (laughs) So like, you know, it was, it was the one that we wrote (laughs) that just kind of came to me. And I was like, I had this idea because I had been dying my hair so much. And I was like, color me you. And I came in Mm. with that working title and we just kind of sat down and, and wrote it. And it was like this like poppy, fun, upbeat song. And I had so much fun writing it. And, and I was like, oh, that'll probably be like a sleeper track, you know, like that won't go anywhere. And then it's the one that like, totally like that everyone still tells me about. And it, you know, it's it's been out a while now. Thank you. Yeah. It's really catchy. Music video is really nice too. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody's dancing. It's just a fun, yeah, it's just a fun song. And, and I think it just, for me, it was like, it wasn't even necessarily about like a relationship or anything. It was just about like finding, whether you're finding yourself or finding, you know, your, your friend or even that person that really can just kind of lift you up when you're Mm. not feeling where you're supposed to be, you know, like when, yes, when that person walks in they're you know, there to lift you up and that can even be yourself, you know, like in today's world. So I think that's Uh, where that kind of came from. And I love that. Thank you. I love that. That, Actually that concept matches what this podcast is, you know, like I like to talk to anybody who has a story uh, from anywhere, yeah. any type of story, you know, the pot, it, it's uplifting, but it's also about like, mm-hmm. it has that meaning. It has yeah. that meaning about finding yourself and whether that be a person or finding it within yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Thank so you, you have yeah. done different genres of music and mm-hmm. even like your, um, like uh, artwork, like of the, of the singles are very different. Yeah. Are <laughs> they you- are very different. <laughs> Are you finding, are you still trying to find your style, your sound like musically? I've really kind of found my sound, especially I was telling you, I have an EP coming out this summer and it's my first EP as a solo artist, which, you know, we did, we did four records in my band. Do we have a name for it? I don't yet. I don't have a name for it yet. How many songs are going to be on the EP? It's going to be about five songs. Um, And the first Mm. single's coming out in June, but you know, I, I'm so, so proud of yeah. what we've created and I'm so excited for what it is because I really feel like it, it is me and what, you know, the sound that I've always wanted to be. Um, yeah. cause I have gone a lot towards pop and I, and I love pop music. Um, you know, I love, there's so many artists that I love that are in pop music, like, you know, Charlie XCX, Kim Petras, uh ash nico you know all of those like i love that like it's like bubblegum pop but it also has like a grit to it you know like that rock and roll underneath it and that's what i kind of wanted to do because i am like you said you know you're a rock girl like yeah i that's but outwardly you also look so bubbly and fun (laughs) you are (laughs) you you know like and i yeah i think I, I mean, I didn't even introduce you this way, but you're wanted to say earlier, like you are a multifaceted artist to me. Thank you. You know, just like looking at your content, you know, your gaming yeah. content, your TikTok and in your music and yeah. um, even just how you represent, you know, present yourself, like when you're talking on your live streams, Yeah, there is that dimension to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's what I kind of wanted to show with the EP is that, you know, I you know, you'll, you'll hear that, but that pop in, in the EP and those, those influences. But at the end of the day, 
you know, I've been doing this a while and that the, the pure, you know, you want to call it rock and roll or whatever of, of my experience of, you know, touring and dive bars and stuff like this. I feel like (laughs) you'll still be able, right. I feel like you'll still (laughs) Uh, kind of get that rawness, um, with, with these songs that we've, we've come up with that I'm, I'm really excited do you plan on performing live with the EP? I really want to. I miss performing live so much, like especially because of the pandemic, you know, I haven't been able to to Pay do her. anything. Pay yeah. Her. Do you feel like you do you feel like like if you got on stage you'd forget how to act? Oh god. I don't know if okay, I don't know. I feel like getting on stage is like riding a bike. Like I feel like I wouldn't forget that, mm. but I feel like a talking to people in general, yeah. not across a screen is weird like I've been and I was even talking to this with one of the guys that I write with that's producing my EP and we were like I forgot how to like if I went to like a club or something like how would I interact with other humans (laughs) like my social anxiety I feel like would just totally kick in which I've always had a little bit just because I'm like socially awkward like but I can we talk about that just a little bit yeah in what ways are you self-conscious when you're like talking to like people in person or you know groups of people if I'm on stage and I'm and there's like a big crowd and I'm on stage and I'm doing my thing and singing I'm 100% comfortable yes but if I'm like in the crowd I feel so awkward because I you know I always feel like am I talking about myself too much or am (gasps) I I not (laughs) Am I not talking enough about, you know, like, am I carrying the conversation? Like, does this person even want to talk to me? Like, I'm not good. I, I, I like, it's just, I have a, I have a close knit group of friends and I feel like in LA, it's very, the culture's very different of like, like everyone here is so talented and an artist and doing their thing that it's like, and I, I love getting to know new people and talk yeah. to people, but I'm just like, I'm an awkward being like, <laughs> I, 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 you know, like I have nervous laughter. I'm like, oh, you know, like that's the title of this podcast. Yeah. I'm an awkward being with Jackie Butler. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my so, god. I mean, well, I hope you, know. you feel comfortable right now because I feel oh, yeah. great 100%, now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent with you. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, and... honestly, because I'm like, because I love people, right? And I, I, I'm yeah. such a conversationalist, and I, I do get self conscious because I mm-hmm. think about. Am I making this person comfortable? And yeah, I, I, I have also, I'm like, am I talking about, because like, I can, I tend to do that. I tend to yeah. like, because that's how I relate to people. That's how I let people know that exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. And I just saw this thing on Twitter that people are arguing about. Oh my God. <laughs> I saw, I saw that you liked it. I liked oh it right before God. you called. I was like, because it made so much sense. It was like, because someone was like, I uh, like, they hate I. hate when people talk about themselves. You right? If you're talking about yourself, yeah, like, you hate when somebody's like, oh, I, I've been to, through yeah, that like, too. Yeah, like, oh, I relate to that. I relate. And someone was like, someone quote tweeted it and was like, like, I, I they were like, I have ADHD and, and like yeah, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. this helps me like relate to people. And I was like, I 100% understand that. Right. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, if someone's going through something, I like, if I'm going through something and you started talking to me and you're like, oh my God, I've, I've been yeah. there. Like, I get it. Then I feel like we're like, connected more like I don't want you to just be like okay (laughs) moving on because the people because the people that don't like it they they were saying on Twitter like 
I just want you to listen. And I'm like, well, eventually you're going to stop talking, girl. So yeah. I'm going to have to say something. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you it's want one- from me? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, uh, it requires nuance, honestly. And it requires, it's not like a rule where you shouldn't do that. It's not a hard yeah. rule. It's just depends who you're talking to. Depends if you know the person or not. And, yeah. You know, and then. And I think have- it's a time and place. Like if they're like, if someone's like crying and, and like my my boyfriend just broke up with me and you're like, well, I had my, my boyfriend broke up with me. (laughs) Then then that's when it's like, okay, (laughs) obviously you, you don't understand. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) no. And that's when you say, I can see why bitch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, "Mm, I wonder why. (laughs) Oh my God. So we're talking about being awkward, talking about yeah. getting back and, and performing again, being in front of people. Uh, well, I mean, that's good that you feel like you are just going to literally pick it, pick it up back again when you got on stage. Yeah, that's, that's my really hope. Yeah. I hope I don't get on stage and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but no, I think, I oh, think no. I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's more so about just like getting into that groove again of like seeing people. Like I just got, I just got my second vaccination and it's like, like a lot of my friends that I like haven't seen in a year it's like oh I'm actually gonna get to see them again and it's like this weird like exciting thing but like almost nervous thing and these are people that have been my friends forever but it's like and that I've still texted texted and all but it's like and uh, your your videos um a lot of your videos are very like you're you're with your friends yeah you know so it's really kind of important to I mean not your brand but it's just it's it's in that's what people love your content yeah, for also. Exactly. And I your feed, TikToks. Yeah, I feed off of like getting to talk with people. Yeah. And, yeah. Can we talk about your TikTok, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so you have four. <coughs> you have. <laughs> I'm so dramatic. <laughs> you have Four million followers on TikTok. 4.1? Oh, oops. I'm sorry, Jackie. (laughs) I am so sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. (laughs) You were being dramatic, so I thought I would. Right, right, right. (laughs) You're like, you were doing all that for, and you got it wrong also. Yeah, I was like, "Mm, (laughs) you're 100,000 off. Right. I worked hard. I worked hard to get those 100,000 bucks. You have 4.1 million followers on TikTok. Yeah. Um. What the fuck? First of all, <laughs> and second, <laughs> how did that? Was it? I mean, because you've been on TikTok since Musically, since it was Musically. Yeah. <laughs> and when did it start picking up? Like, I guess when did you reach a hundred, yeah. uh, a million? And how did that look like? Were you surprised? Was it? I was very shocked. So I hit a million before it became TikTok. Um, oh shit yeah so it was like I literally hit a million like a week before TikTok took over does this mean were you probably one of the most followed people on Musical.ly I guess then I don't know if I was I mean Charlie D'Amelio was not there yet Charlie D'Amelio was not there it was the (laughs) era of baby baby Ariel and Jacob Sartorius and I came on and I was gonna do singing because I'm a musician and I ended up doing these weird comedy skits and that's what took off. Yeah. And um, and that's I, I hit a million a few weeks before it became TikTok, which it still wasn't considered as cool. Um, but right, uh, you're so yeah, right. like for a while. And we were we were like 
we were on the for you page all the time, like me, TJ and our fire. And we were growing a lot when TikTok first like hit. And Quick question. You said it, it wasn't cool. right. You said it wasn't cool. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Cause I think this is, I mean, you have 4 million followers on TikTok cause you stayed with, yeah. stayed with it was for so long. You were so consistent and your videos are just funny and they're really entertaining. Thank you. Did you ever feel like, were you aware that it wasn't cool? And how did you <laughs> like, I guess it's like a general question with being an artist, right? Like you do things yeah. that might not, you don't even know if it's working or. Yeah. But you're, but you're getting views. So I guess it's working, but it's not cool. Like. Yeah, no, we, we, we were just having fun and growing this fan base and it didn't really, mm. I kind of knew it wasn't cool to people our age I guess yes um you know and it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) I am not 30 and it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't I'm actually 82 no right it's Um, been 84 years it's been 84 years um (laughs) no it wasn't it wasn't mainstream like it is now like it's so weird to me you know now any tv show you watch like saturday night live the other night they're talking about tiktok and like it's so weird that i started on this app and you know i was i was a a tiktok ambassador like i was i was part of like the creator program stuff like that and we didn't get paid for being tiktok ambassadors or anything but it was like we knew it wasn't that cool because like to people our age because if people like if let's say we were out you know on you know, at night or whatever at a club and someone was like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm, I make oh TikTok. Oh my God, it's <laughs> Or I make musicallys and they're like, what the? You're like, I'm like, on that clock app. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, what the hell? And I, I don't know. But like, we knew that we were building a fan base because then we would go to like Disneyland <gasps> and we would be like, there would be tons and tons of people right mickey mouse under the costume is like oh my god i watch your TikTok. yeah like wanting to take pictures and so we knew that there was a fan base there but it wasn't deemed like cool cool. to the mainstream i guess it was around when charlie d'amelio came around that it really started becoming this cool thing like that it held its own with you know instagram and all because i you know like i said i had one million before it even became tiktok but no one cared like no one like they they were like okay and so you know I I grew steadily and then in like in 2019 I grew probably like two million that year um you were doing a lot of collabs that year yeah like I saw BB Rexa on in one video yeah I got Um, to go to her house that was her house she invited us over to her house to just hang out and it was the coolest thing she's so nice oh my god she does seem really nice yeah Yeah. (laughs) I love her I watched like some of her interviews Mm -hmm. I like some of her songs how did you meet Bibi um her manager texted um a partner manager of ours at TikTok and uh was just like she's wanting to make some TikToks and she was wondering if uh there was like five of us that she had seen on her for you page and she was like do you want to come over and hang out and just make tiktoks one night so that's what we did and it was wow it was wild yeah but um yeah i mean and and that's how most of the collabs have happened um you know it was either at tiktok events or it was like someone saw on for you page and reached out on instagram or whatever and we're like hey do you want to come over and just like (laughs) do a filming day and um that's so fascinating yeah 
so yeah, I've made several connections like that and just with some really cool people. And that's the thing. There's so many people now on TikTok. It's like, yeah. you never know who's going to see your content. It's like <laughs> Lizzo could be scrolling and see a video I make. Like what? <laughs> that's It's like insane. TikTok is such an insane app. Like, yeah. You know, I know we follow each other on TikTok and mm-hmm. like Brittany Broski talks about this. It's like TikTok's algorithm and numbers, like the num- how yeah. they grow. It's something that like no social media has ever like seen before. Exactly. It's so different. And, and even the content is so different. Yeah. You don't see this kind of content. It, it is really cool for me to say that I was, you know, I was there on the ground floor, you know, like to see a lot of these people come up in it. And, you know, obviously like I'm so grateful for my 4 million fans and everything and on the, on the app. And obviously I'm right. not Charlie D'Amelio. I don't have 80 million, but it's, that's just it's so really it's, cool to, yeah. to have been a part of such a weird cultural moment. That's that TikTok has become. Right. And it's still not even like fully fleshed out yet. It's still becoming something. Yeah. What would you say, like, what's the biggest advice you would give to somebody who wants to just be on social media and create things and try things out? It's always hard because, you know, my, my go-to answer is like, well, be yourself. Like, and I know that sounds so cliche and it's like, but there really is, there's so many people on social media doing probably what you want to do. And so it's like, with with saying be yourself what i mean is find find your niche mm-hmm. you know if you know maybe you're amazing at hula hooping you know go with that like run like, with that run with it, you know like, <laughs> like that's the thing i think i think find something that you love and that you're really good at and use that to your advantage use that niche and cuz that's what i've seen so much on especially tiktok yeah um you know, there's all these sub communities. And if you can find your niche, like, you know, run with that. And I think that would be my biggest advice to someone is, and also just be consistent, you know, start with it and just don't over, um, like overwork yourself. Like don't set a goal and be like, I'm going to post three times a day, every day, starting now. Don't get, you know, like don't, yeah. Cause then you, then you get this burnout and then you feel like you're failing. And cause you know, I tried doing that with, with YouTube and I'm, I had to take a step back. You know, I wanted to start posting daily for a while and I started trying to do it and I couldn't do it. So I had to stop. And and now I do post daily because I, I got to where I could do it. So, you know, don't feel bad if it's like, well, this person over here is posting five times a day, like do what you can for your own mental health and, and, you know, just, just have fun with it and put out what you love and, and be consistent, but don't, don't overwork yourself. Like if you need to just set a goal of, you know, I'll just post a TikTok a week and kind of, you know, ease into it. It's all about keeping yourself sane because if your mental health isn't there, then, you know, it's not going to be good for you or your audience or anything, you know, and you, you have to, you have to take care of yourself first and foremost. Keeping on the mental health topic for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a few, maybe a, a, a three weeks back, you did like a Q&A on your Instagram. Yeah. And I asked you, I think the best question, <laughs> I asked you, what was something that used to be, I guess, a weakness or something that you mm-hmm. was challenging for you that turned into a superpower or a blessing, yeah. something like that. And you said you're OCD. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. me about that experience? Yeah. So 
I've had obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, my whole life. I was diagnosed with it by an actual doctor when I was about 16. I went to therapy for it um, for several years. I've been on medication for it since I was 16, still am, uh, for my OCD and anxiety. And that's something that I I try to be very open about on my social media about my mental health because I have had OCD my whole life. And And it's something that I've always struggled with. The pandemic kind of brought that on again. Because with OCD, everyone's different. But for me, it's very much my OCD is about not organization. Because if you saw my apartment, you would you'd be like, like, what? The room's a mess. (laughs) Yeah, that's the stereotypical thought of like, oh, like, you know, these pins have to be in order and all. And that's that's the stereotypical representation of OCD and an OCD can be anything. It's about the lack of control and needing control. And then because you can't control that you have, you know, these compulsions. So like you have an obsession. So the best way to describe OCD for me is like normal people, or I hate saying normal people, but people without OCD have, um, picture like a switch in your brain. Okay. That, um, you know, you can have an intrusive thought like, oh, if I get in this car, I might, you know, drive off the bridge and die. You know, everyone gets thoughts like that. And then for someone without OCD, the thought you can literally just flip the switch and it goes away, you know, like, it's just, it's just a thought like that. Well, with OCD, thoughts like that stay. And it's like the switch is broken and you can't, you know, you're trying to switch it off and it just keeps repeating in your head over and over and over and over again. And Mm. because you have these obsessive and intrusive thoughts, then things happen. Like, cause I have, because I can't control those thoughts. I have to control other aspects of my life. So, you know, when I was a kid and, Mm. and I would you know, have this thing of like wanting to be clean. So I would just wash my hands over and over and over again until they would like bleed, literally. So it was things like that. And and that's kind of OCD. And, and I've learned, especially with medication, I've learned to, in therapy, I've learned to know how to control it and all. And um, with the medication, what helps it is the medication doesn't make the thoughts go away, but the medication kind of slows down the thoughts so that I have time, you know, this part of my brain saying this over and over and over again. And the other part of my brain can be saying, okay, that's your OCD, not you, you know, and I can try and stop it. Right. You have time to not identify. Yeah. And like tell myself that's not, that's not real. You know, that's not um, like whatever that thought is. I know what you mean, girl, because like I have, I don't have diagnosed anxiety, Mm-hmm. One because well the main reason is because I can't afford healthcare. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I, I feel that. <laughs> so I I know I have I know I have several things. Yeah. I I'm getting to be more open about it on social media, mm-hmm. and I struggle with crazy anxiety, girl, like crazy yeah. depression. I mean, I have psychosomatic symptoms from my anxieties. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of lose touch with reality sometimes. Yeah. And it's, um, it's scary, like, you know, one to have it, but also like, kind of keep it a secret, because that's not yeah. how I portray myself online. Like, I, I want to exactly. portray myself as a bad bitch. Yeah, exactly. Don't I we feel all, that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like a double edged sword, because mm-hmm. I am, but it's like, I'm like, I, I, I also don't want to 
I'm not one to hide things from my with my yeah. life. I'm really not like that. And it becomes such a chore to hide it and mm-hmm. try to like be like, okay, now I can emerge and show people yeah. myself. And I'm like, I just want to show all of me. Yeah. So one, I'm so um I'm so happy and uh that you yeah. share that part of your life. Well, yeah, and you even said like you want to show like you're a bad bitch and everything. And yeah. I feel like because for a long time it was like. I, I feel like I'm crazy because mm-hmm. I have this ment. it's a literal mental disease and it's, but I think I've learned more as I've gotten older that part of being a bad bitch is like 100% owning yourself. And yeah, my OCD is part of myself. And if I can own that and talk about it and maybe help others that are having OCD and anxiety, cause anxiety definitely comes with my OCD then I think that if someone can do that, I feel like that makes them even more of a bad bitch. Like that's, Mm. that's my, that's what I at least tell myself (laughs) 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 is is I no I, but I really do feel like, like, yeah, I'm like, this is what, yeah, yeah. but no, (laughs) but I, I do think that especially in today's world, because used to, it was like, oh, you have to be this perfect person. And I think part of being you know, a role model or a bad bitch or, you know, like this boss person is, you know, is, is showing every part of yourself, even those parts that may not be as, you know, you know, showing that you're flawed makes you even cooler of a human to me. Thank you so much for saying (laughs) that, for saying that, um, I feel better at this moment more to share that knowing you are gonna think or still see me as a bad bitch like that's the fear is that Mm -hmm. you start showing parts of yourself that you're ashamed of and people you admire like I admire you and I'm like oh I don't want like these new people that are starting to you know now see me on social media and Mm -hmm. follow me you know because they don't know me personally and I don't want them to see that part because what if they don't understand and they're not seeing you know so that's that's what I think about when exactly I'm yeah. like, I want to show people, but I mean, you're a testament that you can be multifaceted and you can be this, like, you know, I mean, you sound so confident in your songs and you have this powerhouse voice and you, Thanks. you just have your shit together. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> fake it till you make but, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's real, right? Like, cause you've, yeah. worked, you've worked at it. You've done the work it takes to be able to be in this position where you can write music and make your videos and make TikToks and I think genuinely have a smile on your face yeah Yeah. I mean and and that doesn't mean that you know I think you can be a happy person and a positive person and and you know that doesn't mean that every day I wake up like today's gonna be a fantastic day you know I still have my days that you know I wake up and I'm like oh shit I don't want to yeah I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do this, you know? And, and I think that's, I think that's completely normal, especially with the, with the year that we've had, it's okay to wake up and be like, God, what am I doing? Cause I still have those days of where I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I doing? And obviously I have my goals and know what I'm doing, but my mm-hmm. anxiety kicks in or my depression or whatever. And it's like, I can't do it today. I have to have a mental health day and that's okay we have to prioritize our, our mental well-being. 
we talked for a long time like yeah we did and to, to, I'm gonna be honest with you I didn't even ask you like half the things I wanted to ask you I wanted, ah! to, get in, I wanted <laughs> to get into like your YouTube I wanted to get into more of your music journey I wanted to get into more of more of you as like Jackie the person but but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> well I'm down I'm down to come on again sometime <laughs> yes well Jackie where can we find you on social media you can find me you can find me everywhere mm-hmm. if you just search uh my handle on everything is right is christian just my mangle name, jackie tender. yeah christian <laughs> mangle. <No. laughs> oh god i gotta stay away from the no, dating no. sites uh, especially christian mingle no. oh boy if you if if you match with jackie butler on christian mingle no it's not me it's, it's not right someone is catfishing you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's Jackie Butler on across everything. J A C I B U T L E R. Um, if you want to check out my gaming channel, that's yes. Jackie Plays. Um, yes, it's very fun, everybody. It's <laughs> thoroughly entertaining. Thank you. <laughs> Such a pleasure to have you on, and it's so nice to <laughs> have you. met you and to finally meet you. We just send cute little yeah. DMs here and there, and little heart emojis and. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to now like start making a friend and yes yeah. <laughs> I love it and when we can like travel again definitely oh, you come to LA say, or me yes. come to Vegas yes oh yes I'm both here ways, for it both ways yes all right everybody I hope this episode was a treat for you as much as it was for me all right bye oh, oh god all right guys <laughs> all right bye's guy <laughs> <laughs> That should be the new sign off. Right. All right. Bye, bye. guys. All right. Bisexuals. Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bye, y'all. <laughs> and that wraps it up for this episode. Make sure to subscribe to Beauty and the Guest and don't forget to leave a review. You can follow Beauty and the Guest on Instagram at Beauty and the Guest Podcast, as well as following me at Chad the Diamond on all social media platforms. Can't wait to catch you next time. Bye.